Hey, what's up everybody and welcome back to That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host Michael and this episode is Q&A number 97. Before we get into today's questions, big thanks to our sponsors. First, we have Precision Hydration that uh, create electrolyte products to match how you sweat. And they are working with athletes like Sarah Crowley, Ashton Eaton, Carrie Lester, Emma Pallant, Team Sunweb, and many, many more. So they're trusted by these athletes and uh, world tour cycling teams and also many other Olympic sports uh, other than the ones I already mentioned with triathlon and swimming and cycling and so on. So they are doing something right. And uh, I would encourage you to take their free online sweat test to figure out, get a ballpark estimate for your individual sweat sodium content. And you can match that to information about sweat rate, which is easy to figure out with just weighing yourself before and after training. And that, that will inform your hydration strategy for racing and training. You can get 15% off your first order of precision hydration with the promo code that triathlon show15 on precisionhydration.com. And big thanks to Roka. Today I want to highlight Roka's wetsuits. I've been using them for several years now and they are absolutely fantastic options for all different types of athletes and budgets. They have their patented arms up technology in all their wetsuits from the entry level Maverick Comp all the way to the flagship Maverick X2. So as I said, there is an option for all budgets. If you want the fastest wetsuit possible, then definitely go for the Maverick X2. But all of Roka's wetsuits are of incredibly high quality and there's a good chance that you can increase your open water speed by using any one of them. And uh, again, just as a reminder, some of the key technologies that make Roka's wetsuits so fast, like the arms of technology, is available in all of their wetsuits models. You can get 20% off your Roka order on roka.com forward slash TTS. Now on to today's question, which is from Caroline in London. Caroline writes, Hi Michael, I have a question for a Q&A episode. It's about preparing mentally and physically for training, particularly after a long day of work. I am currently working from home due to the pandemic and will be for the foreseeable future. The days can be long and very stressful, and I have noticed my training can really suffer after a particularly hard day. When I train after work, I sometimes feel mentally fatigued and more physically tired than I think I should be. Do you have any tips for preparing to get the most out of a training session? It would be good to hear about muscle activation, which I think you have discussed before, but I am also very interested in the mental side of transitioning from desk to training session. Thank you very much for the work you do on this podcast. I recommend it to everyone. Thank you so much, Caroline. Thank you for recommending the podcast. Uh, just a quick plug uh, to all of the listeners. If you do that, that really, really helps. It goes a long way. So uh, I say a million thanks to everybody that does that. A million thanks to you specifically, Caroline. And for the listeners that might not have uh, shared the podcast yet with your friends and fellow triathletes or endurance athletes, uh, please do so. Uh, you are really helping out. Anyway, let's dig into this question. Uh, you write uh, that my training can really suffer after a particularly hard day. And when I train after work, I sometimes feel mentally fatigued and more physically tired than I think I should be. And there is nothing surprising about that, really. Uh, I personally feel the same way quite often, and many of the athletes I coach uh, react that way too. And the best mitigation of this, in my opinion, is to train before work, 
uh, or in the morning at least so it could be that you're uh, actually uh, training as a mid-morning uh, routine you might do a couple of hours of work and then train and then go back to work which depending on uh, your job and the flexibility of hours might not be possible i realize that but uh, generally speaking just moving your workout to early in the day before work or at least in the morning is something that i would try to do as mitigation and you're not really asking about this so i don't want to make this episode all about training in the morning but i do want to give a few quick tips if you do decide to to do that and see how it works out for you Uh, knowing fully well i should point out that i realize that maybe you are already training in the morning and your question concerns your second workout of the day Uh, so that might be you but uh, still this might apply for other listeners so so i want to give a few quick tips for transitioning to morning training and the first thing i want to point out is that especially now when working from home uh, it is actually easier than ever to uh, to train in the morning because you don't have the commute Uh, to consider so you gain a bit of time there and as i alluded to earlier maybe you have more flexible work hours so that you might not have to roll out of bed and train you could get up work for an hour maybe or two and then do your training and then get back to work and that's what i do personally most of the time it's definitely my preference but uh, personally i of course have uh, a lot of flexibility in my hours Uh, as self-employed but uh, that might not apply to to everybody but still if you have that option uh, maybe worth giving a try and for many athletes there is a big initial hurdle of starting to train in the morning it's something that uh, you're not used to perhaps it's something that you you've never done you tend to feel tired in the morning so can't even imagine training training then don't feel motivated at all what i would say in this situation is give it 30 days not everybody but i do think that uh, a large uh, percentage of athletes can adjust to morning training if you do it every day more or less for 30 days also for many athletes i think that uh, if you just uh, keep a little bit of time between waking up and starting training you actually feel a lot better than if you're out the door and running or riding 10-15 minutes after waking up because at that point you're still not fully awake So what I would recommend to do is, if possible, give yourself at least 30 minutes between waking up and starting training. And you might find that you feel exponentially better compared to when you start 10-15 minutes after waking up. And uh, finally, when it comes to morning training, uh, remove all unnecessary hurdles the night before. So lay out your gear, your clothes, prepare your bottles, inflate your tires, all those sorts of things this will help you both to save time in the morning but also to mentally be in the mindset of this workout is absolutely happening me not doing this workout is not an option everything is already set out uh, so I, wh- what excuse do i have to to not go ahead and and do it just take the first steps and then the rest of the steps will follow uh, so that's uh, some quick tips around uh, training in the morning and transitioning training in the morning But of course, there may be reasons like early shift work or family duties and so on that make it absolutely impossible to do morning training, at least on certain days, which lead us back to your specific question on how to make the most of your training when it is necessarily done after work hours. And as I mentioned already, maybe you are already training in the morning 
and this concerns your second workout of the day uh, this advice applies here of course in that situation so let's look at some key points in the physical and mental preparation throughout the day to help set you up for a good evening or after work workout first i think a part that is very easily missed is nutrition and hydration this is absolutely critical first of all you need to get in enough energy of course throughout the day and uh, you also need to get it with a reasonable frequency if for example you are going to be training at 5 or 6 p.m then i would say that having an afternoon snack is basically a non-negotiable uh, if your the last meal that you have before that 5 p.m or 6 p.m workout is lunch and i don't know when you might eat of course this is a bit culture dependent but let's say you eat at at 12 30 uh, then even if you could do that workout four and a half five and a half hours later uh, without having that afternoon snack what happens is that you might have dinner at eight and suddenly you've gone seven eight hours without food and that's just not good in any way shape or form or form it's very likely to lead to either an inadequate energy intake overall or uh, on the other side of the spectrum it could lead to actual overeating in that evening meal making poor nutritional choices because you're essentially starving uh, so uh, so make sure that you get in enough energy through the day which is easy to to not get right because you think well i'm just sitting here but remember you're fueling all of the training you're doing uh, across the day as well and uh, that gets a bit easier to miss it is easier to miss that when you're working out in the evening compared to when you have done it already in the morning so uh, enough energy intake and reasonable frequency on the energy intake hydration uh, this is another critical part and obviously you should make sure that you hydrate and stay hydrated throughout the day i think that a great little hack if you want to call it that is to use a small water bottle which means that you have to get up and fill it or refill it often which means that you don't stay stuck in your chair for hours at a time but you actually get a forced break frequently uh, where you have to walk to the water hole for a little bit and uh, keep the body and muscles awake and keep yourself from getting stiff and that is the next key point that i'm going to segue into movement throughout the day this is something that can be particularly difficult now uh, when we are working from home a lot of us compared to working at a larger office and for me personally i do have a tendency to be at the desk basically non-stop when i'm working if i'm not focusing on uh, on not doing that and i really have to make sure that i don't allow myself to sit for hours and hours on end which makes my body stiffen up and on this note i already mentioned the water bottle trick that's a really good one that i recommend you use but also i really cannot recommend a standing desk enough I think first of all if you are at a reasonably sized company you could make a very good argument to human resources to invest in standing desks for uh, not just you but for the entire workforce and that would lead to increased productivity and decrease sick days significantly uh, if you are not in the situation where that is an option then maybe you have to do the investment yourself and for me i finally did this investment in a proper electric standing desk six months ago six months ago or so and uh, i have to say it's a game changer i've had standing desks for years before this 
but uh, they've been either manually adjustable standing desks, which uh, doesn't take long, but it took long enough that it was a hurdle for me. It took, let's say, 20 seconds to do the transition, which ended up being too much for me to actually use it as frequently as I would like. And the other option that I've had is to have these small add-on trays, if you want to call them that, basically a a tray that has legs that you can raise and put your laptop on and put that on your desk so you can basically get a standing platform that way very easily and cheaply from Amazon. And in some ways that works really well, but it's still a hurdle because I didn't want to store that on the actual big desk that I had. And because it takes up space, I want to store it in the uh, in the wardrobe behind me. And then that adds a little bit of uh, resistance to bring it out. And, and also simple things like fitting your computer mouse on the same on the right height and versus the laptop height and so on. Uh, it's just not ideal. And what is ideal is to have the standing desk, uh, an electronically adjustable standing desk. And now that I've had it for six months, I can say that it's worth every penny uh, because there's absolutely no threshold for using it. I raise it in two seconds and uh, that's that. Everything is perfectly set up. So I don't think you have to use a standing desk necessarily like that much. I think that if you can get in three to four bouts of standing for even just 10, 15, 20 minutes to break up long stretches of sitting, that would be perfect. For me, I'm still working on increasing this frequency as right now I mostly only use the standing. Uh, I'm standing once or twice per day. It's still a lot better than nothing. I think that it makes a massive difference in my training. Uh, but uh, I think that probably frequency here or long durations of standing is the way to go. And that's something that I'm looking to to improve personally in the future. Anyway, if you can, a standing desk, I think, would be absolutely a fantastic investment uh, for you or for your company. Now, when it comes to the workout itself and the physical preparation for it in the immediate uh, sort of near-term future, uh, as you say, I have discussed using dynamic warm-ups before, and I'll link to the videos that I have specifically for swimming and for running, uh, dynamic warm-ups there or muscle activation. I do think that uh, this type of activation work, which takes just less than five minutes before the workout, that it can be highly beneficial to do before any workout, but especially so in the evening after a day of work, uh, you have a long day behind you and for all your best efforts, you will have done a lot of sitting and getting stiffer for that through that day. And in addition to this physical benefit of uh, relaxing your body, releasing your muscles a little bit, I think that this dynamic warm-up can have a great psychological impact as that can be your transition window psychologically between work and training where you shift all your attention to the task at hand, to the workout and away from your work. And an additional benefit of doing this kind of dynamic warm-up beyond just uh, the workout at hand is the fact that once you have ingrained this, uh, these dynamic warm-ups as habits, then you can use these same routines before races. And that's something you can do even in big races where you're basically uh, forced to be in uh, sort of in, in the corrals before the swim start for 15 minutes or whatever it is before the race starts and you can't do any real warm-up. But if you have that, that specific routine that you practice time and time again, you know what to do. You don't have to make things up on the spot and you can still feel that, okay, I'm getting a warm-up here. I'm keeping myself activated. 
and uh, that's uh, that's what we might call in in sports psychology a pre-game routine and when you have a pre-game routine that you can do in your sleep to help set you in the right mood and mindset and in my opinion most importantly give yourself that final boost of confidence before the race because doing that routine that you've done countless times before puts the race in the same buckets as all of those workouts that came before it then that's something that is super super beneficial and and on that note of the improved the boost in confidence by doing that routine basically uh, what i think happens is that uh, you start to not associate the race with being something new and bigger and scarier than the workouts but it's just the same thing that you've done before because the start is nothing different it's the same start as always uh, because the start now is your specific routine that you have practiced time and time again so the only difference is that there's a bunch of people around you this time and uh, one thing i want to say about the dynamic warm-ups is that uh, you could go with any number of different dynamic warm-ups the videos and the exercises uh, i'll link to in the episode description are great uh, but there are also a number of other great choices out there so it's not as if any one particular routine is a silver bullet so no need to overcomplicate it necessarily Another thing when it comes to the physical preparation is be prepared to maybe extend the warm-up of the workout a little bit if you feel stale and sluggish as you first get going. And uh, the 20-minute rule is something I want to talk about. That is that you should always give yourself 20 minutes of any workout uh, to really get a feel for how you're feeling on that day. Uh, The first 10 minutes won't really tell you much at all. And only after 20 minutes or so can you really start to say anything about how you're feeling. And that is assuming that you actually uh, include a little bit of intensity in those first 20 minutes as well to wake up all the all the systems, so to say. And that can be something as simple as doing some strides uh, in that warm-up on the run or doing some accelerations on the bike, some short sprints. Uh, but uh, once you have that as a habit as well, then you don't start to concern yourself in the early parts of the workout if you feel stale and sluggish you just accept that for what it is and wait until the 20 minute mark until you make any judgment call of on how you feel on the day and whether any adjustment might be needed so we'll talk about adjustments a bit later on but first i want to go into the mental side of preparation here and a few things that i think can help in that regard the first thing I would uh, give as a piece of advice is to make sure you don't leave any loose ends at work. I t- think that a great habit is to take the last 10 minutes or so of your workday and plan for what you will do tomorrow, including write down any tasks that need finalizing tomorrow that you maybe didn't finalize today. And ideally, actually put these tasks and all tasks that you have planned for tomorrow in your calendar so that you have a better idea of how much you can actually get done if you have 10 things on your your list to do and they each are going to take an hour and a half then once you start putting that on your calendar you'll see that well actually you can't plan to do all of that list tomorrow Uh, so just plan for what you can get done tomorrow Uh, and uh, once you put things on the calendar like that and you plan for things in advance it means that you can basically leave all of these tasks at work you have it covered you are organized and you don't have to concern yourself with that uh, once you check out from work and return at home. You can return to those tasks tomorrow once you're back at work. 
because you have a specific and realistic plan for when and uh, how to get them done. So no need to, to worry about them right now. Next, I find it really helpful to have my key goals and races written down somewhere where I can see it all the time when I'm working. So this means that when it's time to for me to go and do my training, I can just look at those goals uh, first for half a minute or so and reconnect with why this next workout is important and get appropriately excited for it. Uh, because sometimes you do lose sight of what the end goal is with uh, workouts and training and of course we train for the sake of training as well and as we found out during this year uh, many of us are training just as much as we have done before if not more just because we love training but that's not to say that uh, races aren't a great motivator and i do think that uh, some days it can be really helpful to have those goals uh front and center uh, and just give yourself that reminder that this is why i'm going to work hard now uh, and go and get my workout done and perform well in it because i have this race that i want to perform well in and it's coming up in eight weeks or whatever it is so have that written down i think that's just really good to to get appropriately appropriately excited for the workout ahead I also know that some athletes will either listen to a particular song that gets them excited or watch some motivational YouTube video before in particular hard workouts. So that's also something you could try. Again, set you in the right mindset, get you a bit pumped up and motivated, get the adrenaline flowing. Then as you are transitioning from work to training, and this might be on your commute home once you're back in the office, or right now when you are at home just when perhaps changing into your training clothes uh, then think through the workout ahead what is the purpose of it what sort of mentality will you want to bring into it and that will vary depending on the workout so do a mini visualization during these moments for example before an endurance run you can just visualize yourself being smooth relaxed controlled not running too fast up hills and uh, letting your heart rate uh, spike or anything like that being controlled checking your ego at the door but staying smooth and relaxed being focused on quality of movement and uh, breathing very easily on the other hand before an intense bike ride you can visualize actually feeling the pain which you will feel and visualizing how you embrace it and accept that it will hurt but visualize yourself pushing through that pain and taking it one short stretch at a time, not focusing too much on the duration of the entire workout or workout. So those are a couple of other things that you can can take into the mental preparation side of things. And also, finally, on the mental side, I think that the right kind of framing of the workout is important. We have to remember that we all do this sport voluntarily because we love it, and uh, that's not by coincidence uh, why i end every single episode of this podcast with that uh, keep loving triathlon when you think of your workout in that light uh, you can tell yourself that now you've done you've done your job for the day you've done the thing that puts food on the table for you the thing that you have to do in a way even though hopefully you really really like it but now you get to do the thing that you really love to do you get to do the workout as a reward after the workday and that you have uh, accomplished and uh, got a job well done there and 
see every workout as as a gift because uh, you have probably at some point been injured most athletes have been injured if they've been in the sport for some time and there are a lot of athletes every day unable to train uh, even for long periods of time because of injuries illnesses and more so when we are healthy and we have an opportunity to train we should really remember that it is a gift and make the most of that gift one thing that i think can help both mentally and physically is to sometimes it helps to just take a five to ten minute lay down on your bed to let go of stress and just get a little bit of relaxation done before starting your workout Uh, i think especially on the mental side of things after very cognitively demanding days it's something i come to appreciate a lot definitely worth trying Uh, you might want to try even something like doing meditation during that period instead Uh, I really like just laying down, uh, trying to close my eyes, probably not sleeping, but uh, I would have an alarm just in case I fall asleep. Uh, But uh, yeah, just letting go of everything and and being really still and relaxed is, I think, the the main point there, which can help both mentally and physically. And uh, then finally, I want to discuss when and how you might need to adjust your workout if you are really fatigued after work. So first, remember the 20-minute rule that I already talked about. It's almost always worth at least giving the workout 20 minutes and see how things go and where you stand at that point. Because very often we can feel pretty knackered in the early parts of the workout and feel that we're not at all up for it. But then it ends up getting better and better and better throughout and you can finish on a real positive note. So use the 20-minute rule and remember, as I said, that you want to get in at least some of the intensity in the workout Uh, as well to really be able to tell how you feel to blow out the cobwebs a bit and uh, then that's sometimes that's when you start to feel better once you've done that first bout of intensity and you start the second one you feel a massive difference so if you apply uh, this 20 minute rule and you do a little bit of the main intense work if your workout calls for intensity let's use an example here let's say your workout is six times three minutes Uh, it could be running it could be cycling it could be swimming Uh, in swimming it would be probably a distance but either way six times three minutes very hard sort of zone five intensity and maybe three minutes of recovery let's say you do the first interval and you start the second interval but one minute in of that interval you realize that this is not the day it's not happening for you then you have a choice to make either you can turn the workout into a low intensity workout Maybe the planned duration for the workout was an hour, so you could just finish the workout but do the rest of the hour just as easy, low intensity. Or uh, if you think that you will actually benefit more from not training at all rather than training, then just stop, go home. It's quite simple if you ask yourself the question, will resting rather than training today allow me to perform better in my workouts the coming days? Or put another way, will training today increase the risk of underperformance and fatigue in the coming days? You ask yourself those questions, you make your best educated guess when answering them, and then you have your answer for what to do. Now, it can get a little bit more complicated. It's uh, not as easy as saying that uh, there's no nuances between doing the workout exactly as planned and straight up making it low intensity or skipping it. Uh, so for example if you go back and listen to the first interview i ever did with david tilbury davis he talks about the concept of splicing workouts so maybe you are physically okay 
you could physically do the six times three minutes and so in zone five uh, in the example but the fact of the matter is that that's a mentally pretty brutal workout and requires you to hold your finger close to the fire for a long time and that requires a lot of mental uh, mental freshness mental fortitude on the day and perhaps on that day after a long cognitively demanding day you don't uh, feel up for it you don't have that which is totally fine instead of just doing low intensity or uh, resting you could choose to adjust the workout on the go and instead of six times three minutes you could do 12 times 1.5 minutes and still get a lot of the benefits from the planned workout you just splice it up into durations that are different from what was originally planned and generally speaking if something feels a bit too hard then you would splice things up into shorter durations also one more thing that is important to keep in mind when it comes to adjusting workouts is that if you are very frequently ending up having to adjust your workouts for fatigue after work in the evening then that to me is a sign that something is not right something needs to change and maybe it is when you do your training if you have the option of doing your training in the morning instead of in the evening for example that could be the thing that needs to change it could be just getting some of the physical and mental preparation aspects that we discussed here today getting them right maybe you're not eating and hydrating well enough through the day that could be the thing that needs to change but it could also be the training program and how it's structured maybe you have such a demanding job cognitively or physically that doing intense workouts on weekday evenings is simply not a good idea and you should try to do them on weekday weekends instead but whatever it is uh, adjusting your workouts is fine you should have and take the flexibility to do so but if it happens very often with great frequency then there is probably an underlying issue that should be addressed because you don't want to end up very very frequently having to to do that those sorts of adjustments so caroline i hope with these tips you will be able to get the most out of your workouts even after demanding work days and thank you so much for your question that's it for today keep sending in questions to michael at scientifictriathlon.com and that's michael with a k you can find this Q&A and all previous Q&As on scientifictriathlon.com and you can also find information about training plans and coaching services there. And I highly recommend taking a look on those products and services if you are looking to improve your triathlon performances. Also, remember to subscribe to this podcast. On Monday, I interview Erik Myr-Nossum, who is the national team coach of the Norwegian cross-country skiing team. We discuss endurance training in general. You do not need to be a cross-country skier or cross-country skiing fan to get value from that interview by any means. And there are some other really exciting interviews coming up in the near future, including an interview with Professor John Hawley that I just did this morning that was extremely fascinating, as always, when talking with John. So subscribe to the podcast. Don't miss any episodes. Big thanks to our sponsors, Precision Hydration, that you can find on precisionhydration.com. Go and get a free hydration plan and get 15% off your order of electrolytes with the promo code thattriathlonshow15. And thank you to Roka that you can find on roka.com. Go and check out their wetsuits, trisuits, swimskins, goggles, and high-performance eyewear and get 20% off your order with the promo code that you can find on roka.com forward slash TTS. Thank you, as always, for listening. 
Keep training smart and keep loving triathlon.